welcome back. We are so excited for the Japanese Grand Prix this weekend. It is such a great race. The drivers and fans all love it. As a reminder, join us on our Discord. The link is on our Instagram and Twitter. And also join us on Instagram and Twitter at F1RTheGirls. As always, we love talking to you all on Discord during race weekends. It's so fun. So excited to talk to you all this weekend. And keep sending in pictures of merch. We are loving seeing it. It is so fun. So we'll jump right into it. I'm Sarah. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. Welcome to the Honda Japanese Grand Prix. So just like Singapore, we have not been here since 2019 and people are buzzing for Japan this year. Everyone seems to love it so much. Drivers famously really love this track. I think almost every driver has said it's one of their favorites, if not their favorite track, which is super awesome. It's really fast. Overall, people love the vibe. The fans bring a ton of energy. And I'll just say one Lewis quote about Suzuka. He said, of course, course. I think he said like, it has to be a Lewis quote (laughs) three years ago. All right, let's hear your quote, Chessa. (laughs) (laughs) What has Checo said about the Japanese? (laughs) I'm Anyway, go ahead. Every time we come to Suzuka, particularly over the last few years, the cars just get faster and faster. It's incredible. They don't make tracks like this anymore. There's very little room for runoff, a little touch of the grass, and you're off in the wall. Suzuka has to be one of my favorite circuits, if not the favorite one. It's very cool, especially since the first and second sectors are insane. The first section is the best roller coaster ride that I've felt in a Formula One car. So that is high, high praise. And like we said, fans just bring a ton of energy here. The grandstands are typically packed even on Thursdays just to watch the team set up, work in their garages, do the track walk. So next level dedication. And it's also famous for being a world title deciding race with 12 championships being decided here at the Japanese Grand Prix. Although historically, this was usually the second to last or one of the final races. So it's a little bit of a misleading stat, but... We, it's very possible we will see a world champion crowned this year at this race. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully. <laughs> I, love, I love that everyone loves this race so much. I was reading an article, and Vettel said that he would come out of retirement to race this race again because this is his favorite track. So who knows next year what's going to happen. So the Suzuka Circuit, this is where we're going to be this weekend. It's 5.8 kilometers and 53 laps. It has a very famous figure eight shape. And the track actually crosses over itself and it has some snaking S-curves. So this makes it a very challenging race, but also one of the best to watch. There's 18 turns total with a narrow high-speed circuit and very fast corners. And there's actually only one DRS zone this weekend. And in terms of some history, the track was built in 1962 after World War II when Soichiro Honda, the founder of Honda Motor, decided his company needed its own test track since Japan lacked proper roads for testing cars at really high speeds. And the track is super well known today, as Chessa just said, for its figure eight crossover. But a fun fact is that the original plan for the track had it pass over and under itself a full three times, which would have been (laughs) insane. The circuit didn't host its first F1 Grand Prix until 1987, but it was immediately a classic. Nigel Mansell crashed his Williams Honda in practice, and this effectively handed the title over to his teammate, Nelson Piquet. And in 1988, the race was the title decider between Senna and Prost, who were McLaren teammates and famously hated each other. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that one. We'll note just quickly that prior to 1987, the F1 races were held at the Fuji Speedway. And then in 2007 and 2008, the Grand Prix were also held there as a part of an alternating agreement between the owners of Fuji Speedway and Suzuka Circuit um, and carmaker rivals Toyota and Honda. But Suzuka has hosted the Japanese Grand Prix every year since 2009, except for 2020 and 2021, as we mentioned, due to covid and it's the only F1 track that has a neighboring motorsport-themed amusement park, which is super fun. So you can see that Ferris wheel in a lot of the pictures. Super iconic backdrop. We got to go to this race. This sounds like this such a one, great race to go to. This is the one I'm going to fight for the most for us to go to next year. Like, I would love to do a Ferris wheel looking over the track. Like, we don't even need to buy tickets. We could just go watch from the Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I bet other people have had that idea before. <laughs> That's true. I'm not that original. So like we were saying, in 1989, there was the very famous Prost-Senna collision. This happened during this GP. During this GP, um, there had been a lot of tension between these two building up to this moment. And it's definitely one of the defining F1 rivalries of that time period. And they were obviously teammates at McLaren. So... A little bit of context, this year, 89, Senna was chasing Prost for the world title. Senna made a move late in the race to try to pass Prost into the chicane, and Prost essentially cut him off, and then they collided. Somehow, Senna managed to restart in the escape road and come back to win the race, but then he was DQ'd by the stewards for supposedly cutting the chicane and not completing the full race distance, which is very nitpicky, but... um, like to see it, I guess. McLaren <laughs> appealed to the penalty, but then um, they ruled that Senna's alleged pass indiscretion deserved a $100,000 fine, a six-month suspension for Senna, and then Prost was confirmed as the world champion. Of course, this is Formula One. People are still heavily debating this today and call it a manipulation of the world championship. But then in classic F1 fashion, the story does not end there because one year later, the two crashed again at Suzuka in 1990. And then they both retired, um, which secured Senna the World Championship that year. So a little reversal of fate for him. We love our radios of the week. So I thought we'd throw in some quotes from them. Prost said, quote, I am not ready to fight against irresponsible people who are not afraid to die. That was about Senna. And Senna said, quote, I don't give a damn what he says. He has tried to destroy me, but he will not. All of this from teammates. Oh my gosh. It's crazy too thinking, of course, we had a very contentious title last year, but Max would have won if they both crashed out in the final race, if they both DNF'd. And so imagine what would have happened if they had crashed, no matter whose fault it was, and they had both DNF'd. And so Max won. <laughs> yeah, that would have been crazy. And then they handed over at a $100,000 fine and a six-month suspension. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally insane. I The drama was next level back then, I feel like. Truly. Sadly, we also have to talk about Jules Bianchi when we talk about This race, during the 2014 Grand Prix, the French driver, Bianchi, lost control of his car in wet conditions, and he had a really major crash. He went off track in a yellow flag in the exact same spot as where a previous car had crashed, and so the crane was still trying to remove that previous car, and Bianchi crashed at really high speed into the crane, went under it. He sustained major head injuries, and he was in medically induced coma for many months until he passed away the following July. It's so tragic. It was the first F1 fatality since Senna in 94. And to date, it's the most recent F1 death in a Grand Prix event and hopefully the last one ever. 
it caused F1 to create the VSC to improve safety under yellow flags. And it also helped spur the development of the halo, which came into effect a few years later. And the Suzuka circuit has worked on improving drainage to make wet conditions less dangerous and to make aquaplaning less likely. But even the following year, drivers didn't think it had made that much of a difference. So with the chance of rain this weekend, really hopefully everything stays safe. Yeah. It's really sad. And it's kind of hard to imagine that this was less than 10 years ago. Like I can't even imagine this happening today. And it wasn't that long ago. And he was really young. He was only 25. He was in his second F1 season, but he was super talented, likely going to race for Ferrari. Many of the current drivers knew him and were close to him. He was Charles Leclerc's godfather, actually. And he also meant a lot to Gasly as a fellow French racer. So just overall, a really tragic incident. And you see the driver is paying tribute to him every year, which is which is great to see, but really sad. Um, on a slightly brighter note, we could talk about the last race here, which was in 2019. And this race was a battle between Mercedes and Ferrari and constructors. So really all eyes were on those four drivers. And Ferrari had locked out the front row with Vettel taking pole, but then Botas passed him at the start. And then Charles and Max also collided on the first lap. So Max had to retire. Charles was able to climb his way back into sixth, but was given a penalty for the incident. So he finished seventh. Uh, But it was a tough battle for like all around. Vettel and Hamilton were really duking it out for second. And the the margin finishing there was so, so slim. And Botas retained his lead. So he secured constructors for Mercedes. And then after that race, Lewis and Botas were the only two drivers in contention for the driver's championship so let's go Botas I know and he was on podium the year before too which is awesome so yeah 2019 podium we had Botas then Vettel then Hamilton and then surprise we had Albon in P4 and then Carlos Danny and Charles so fun times the Danny glory days circa 2019 (laughs) but maybe a little better this weekend we have a lot to say about McLaren So like Sarah said, we are expecting a chance of rain, so we can expect some rainy racing. Uh, The Ferrari newsrooms call this race, quote, formidable and fabulous. So with the rain and all of the elevation changes, high-speed sections, it's a pretty medium downforce track, but we'll expect a lot. It's a very exciting race. Overtaking typically isn't very easy here, but there will be a lot of action. Ferrari quoted an average of 24 overtakes per race here. So I think that's still a pretty decent amount. I'm excited. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to have like a, a pencil and pen out keeping track. So we can <laughs> get, keep up with the Ferrari statisticians. For the corners, look out for the 130R corner and the spoon corner. They are very fun. The track is very demanding on the power unit with the ICE running at maximum for more than 70% of each lap. And interestingly, it's the most symmetric track because it's that figure eight, which means the drivers expend as much energy turning left as they do right. And that puts equally balanced pressure on the tires. So again, that's going to play into tire strategy as well um, and hopefully help with tire dag and maybe balance it out and, and help them stretch it longer. It'll obviously be even more important here because it's a very high energy track and the unpredictable weather. And so we'll see. It'll be a very sustained load on these tires. Pirelli will be testing some of their 2023 prototypes during the extended FP2 on Friday. 26 of the 31 races at this track have been won by the front row. So the odds are heavily in favor of whoever is in 1-2 in quality on Saturday. So lots to look out for here. And Saturday will definitely be the biggest day. 
You know what we love about our Tacova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative. I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core, and they believe in Western for all, handmaking their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacova's is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30 for all online orders over $100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacova's. only at Tacovas.com. Jumping into the team's Red Bull. Red Bull's on fire right now. They're on a six-race win streak, and they're hoping Max can take home their seventh win and the world title here. So we'll see. He can potentially claim the title if he both wins and gets fastest lap. So a little bit of a tall order to begin with. Only Charles and Checo can theoretically catch him at this point. So sorry to you all holding out hope for a wild card champion, but <laughs> just down to the three of them. Wait, so if Max gets the title, wins, and then gets fastest lap, he'll he'll win the championship? Like no one else has to DNF or anything? No, there are a bunch of different possibilities. So if he wins and gets fastest lap, he gets the title no matter what Charles and Checo do. But he needs to score eight points better than Charles and six points better than Checo. So even if he doesn't win, it's still possible for him to cinch the title if the other two don't do as well. So there are a bunch of different permutations where he can win, but it's guaranteed if he gets the win and the fastest lap on Sunday. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll see. And Max has said it's a special place for him. It's the first place he drove an F1 car and FP1. And it's kind of like a home Grand Prix with Honda. He posted a photo, too, of him as a child in his dad's F1 car, Honda F1 car. So maybe the general energy will drive him towards that win. And Honda, as we've mentioned, formally quit F1 at the end of the 2021 season. But has continued to support Red Bull and both the Red Bull and AlphaTauri power units through its racing division, the Honda Racing Corporation. And in a deal announced on Wednesday, Honda's increasing its partnership and will run the Honda logos on the car for the rest of the season. Checo will also be taking on an ambassador role for the Honda Racing School's Driving Academy. So it's kind of funny because it was big news that Honda formally quit F1, but then they're still super involved. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, hopefully Checo continues his momentum. He had told the BBC podcast after Singapore that he feels that since he's Mexican, the media has been much harsher about him, supposedly underperforming at Red Bull. We had posted that uh, interview clip on our Instagram as well. And Alonso has said similar things in the past. Checo also told the race this week that sometimes he hasn't been taken seriously in his racing career. So really awful. It's such a shame that he has to deal with that. And I think, um, you know, I a part of it is probably due to the fact that he is Mexican or Latin. Um, but another part of it has to probably do with just like we've talked about in the past, like the European, you know, legacy of Formula One. It's it's very like, quote, posh. And I think for people that are coming to the sport from countries that don't necessarily have that like born and bred F1 vibe, so to speak it's really hard. And then also just being at the level he is and at the platform that he's at being compared to Max, it's going to be really hard. So it's a shame that he has to deal with this, but I'm very happy that he speaks out about it. And 
we love to see the Mexican pride. Like even when we posted our radio of the week last week, we had so much response from all of you listening and everyone who saw on Instagram um, because I think people just love to see the pride that he has and it makes it that much more important when he does well. So we're happy about that. Totally. And in terms of he made, he also made additional comments in that in that interview, I think with the race about how people don't really understand the standards he's being measured against and what he's up against. And it is so true. Putting it into comparison, say Lewis is the best driver of all time and Max is probably maybe the best driver of this generation. We'll see how many titles he'll end up winning, but Max is clearly one of the biggest talents right now. And so Checo's essentially up against one of the best drivers in the world. And that's what he's being compared to day in and day out. And it reminds me, sometimes people will make comments of even if you're racing in P20, you're still basically one of the 20 best drivers in the world. And there are so many professional drivers and so many motorsport series out there. And the margins are absolutely tiny sometimes, even from P1 to P15. So it kind of reminded me of how Botas is an incredible driver. We were talking about him in terms of the 2019 race and has so many wins and podiums that other drivers would just dream of, but he was always compared as just not being as good as Lewis, but whatever, being number five in the world is still incredible. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So for Ferrari, Singapore was the first time since Austria that Ferrari have outscored Red Bull in a race. We'll see if they can continue that streak. Signs mentioned he he's really looking for them to build momentum in the final stretch since they haven't had more than a two to three good race streak for the most part this year. And he also said he wants to prevent Max and Red Bull from breaking the record for victories in a season. So it's it's brutal out here. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, I'm very excited for the tire strategy that's going to go into this weekend. And I think it's going to give Ferrari another chance to shine. They did so well at Singapore. So strategy-wise, I'm excited. Fingers crossed. Mercedes, on the other hand, this just roller coaster ride seems to continue and I hope it I hope they come back in Japan but they're coming off a really tough weekend in Singapore a win for Mercedes this season is looking less and less likely so can we just all take a moment to remember at the beginning of the season how much we all accuse them of sandbagging we're like Mercedes is sandbagging (laughs) (laughs) they literally have not won a race all season so I remember just the first photo of the car when it got unveiled during testing just thinking oh god they have no side pods they figured something out (laughs) that everyone else missed but no it's yeah it's kind of crazy I mean Mercedes at Suzuka they're unbeaten here since the start of the V6 hybrid era in 2014 which is wild that is dominance and Lewis himself has won five times here George has only raced here once so he's coming back for his second race um but yeah we'll see I mean Toto mentioned that it's going to be hard for them to replicate Lewis's Singapore quality performance but that he's hoping a good performance on Sunday will balance it all out so I I hate that they can't be so optimistic. Like they actually had a great, you know, he had great performance at Singapore and the fact that Toto has to like qualify everything that they say and like kind of just be on the back foot and not get too optimistic makes me sad. So I do hope that they do well this weekend. For McLaren, historically, they are actually the most successful team in Japan. They've had nine wins here. They're also off of a great result in Singapore. So maybe that will give them some momentum as they keep the fight alive with Alpine. Plus, the new McLaren upgrades will be on both cars. They were only on Lando's car in Singapore. This was probably their biggest upgrade of the season, aimed at improving aerodynamics, of course, and then trying just to improve their performance in the low and medium speed corners. 
the side pods and floor are also new and there's some changes to the diffuser. So hopefully with Danny getting these this weekend, he will be able to keep up and maybe keep stay in top 10 or, you know, at least get some points this weekend. In an interview this week, Danny did talk about his options and what he's thinking about for next year. He said, of course, that he was still keen to stay in F1. So that basically ruled out the option of him driving in any of the other support series in the um, McLaren roster. But um, he does, you know, he does want to be on the grid, but not just for any team. He said, quote, I don't want to just jump at the first seat available, which in my opinion, there's not that many seats available. Like, I don't think everyone's giving you offers, Danny, but um, I like that you're selective. Um, He's also open to a potential reserve driver role as well. And according to Canal Plus, he's in advanced talks with Mercedes. Alpine, womp womp. It's tough out here. They've had back-to-back zero-point races, and both drivers were quite outspoken in how disappointed they were about the engine issues in Singapore, but they are feeling a bit better about the car for this weekend. It was such a bummer in Singapore. Alonso was doing so well and has just been absolutely plagued by car problems this year and bad luck. So hopefully it turns around a bit this weekend. They're only four points behind McLaren, so it's still anyone's to take right now. Definitely watch for this P4 spot in constructors. I think it'll be exciting for the rest of the season. For Haas, this is Mick's Suzuka debut, but he's of course been there before to watch his father. He had a really sweet quote. He said, the fans were such a great support to my father for all these years, and I'm sure they still are. So I'm excited to see all the red flags with my dad's name. And Mick has a beautiful hand-painted cherry blossom special helmet for this race. So look out for that. Actually, their director of engineering, Ayo Komatsu, is from Japan. And fun fact, he was also Roman Grosjean's race engineer at Renault. And he said he's seen his name on banners in the stands in the past, which is just the most precious thing ever. I love when fans show up for people other than drivers. Um, so that was that's pretty cool. And Gunther said about last weekend that time heals all wounds. So the yacht <laughs> is ready to rock this weekend in Japan. They have <laughs> they've shrugged off the Singapore woes, although Gunther is annoyed at all the black and orange flags over the damaged end plates. So hopefully K-Mag makes it through lap one unscathed, although that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe that should be my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Then for Alpha Tauri, it's Yuki's F1 debut here, although he is, of course, a graduate of the Suzuka Circuit Racing School and made his single-seater debut at the track. It is his very first home race in F1, so expect to see a lot of Yuki fans out there. He drove a lot on this track in F4, but he said that even from doing the Suzuka simulator, he says racing in an F1 car here is like a, quote, a very different world from his prior experience. Although I think he thinks his past experience here will still help. So we shall see how he does. He had a really cute quote about racing at home. He said, many of my friends and family will be coming to Suzuka. And I know that even those for whom I couldn't get passes have bought tickets. (laughs) And a very important final point, I get to eat Japanese food for a whole week. (laughs) Oh, that's what I'm going to do when we go to the Mexican GP. Like we're just going to eat so much Mexican food. It's going to be so good. On the funnier side, he also said that the first place he recommends everyone visit in Japan is the bathroom in the airport, since it's an incredible experience. That video was, that video was hilarious. Did he say what was so good about it? Like, it's got my mind wandering now. He says it's a warm toilet and just very, like, clean and nice experience. Very nice. <laughs> Great. 
Yeah. Um, I have been to the bathrooms in the Narita airport and I can tell you it's a great experience. Amazing. <laughs> um, uh, for Pierre, he was really upset at the team after Singapore for putting him on slicks too early, but I think the team agreed that that was a mistake. So hopefully they can move past that. But otherwise, vibes seem good. Yuki and Pierre, as we posted on our Instagram, had belted out some Adele karaoke in Tokyo. Hello, to be specific. That was great vibes. Listening a beautiful to rendition. That. Yeah, not for the faint of heart, though. <laughs> if you want to listen. No. <laughs> for Alfa Romeo, boy, do they need some good manifestation. They've only scored one point since the Canadian GP in June. They are bringing some upgrades, and Bocha says he's hopeful about what they can do, so we'd love to see that. He is the reigning winner here from 2019. He also finished on podium the year prior, so hopefully that past experience, that good juju, will lead him through to at least getting some good points this weekend. He's currently on an eight-race no-point streak, so hopefully he will also be breaking that. And this is Joe's debut race here, so hopefully it'll also become his, his favorite track, and it'll be a good memory for the Alfa Romeo team. For Williams, they're also feeling optimistic about Japan. Who isn't feeling optimistic about Japan? (laughs) I think that's what they have to say, though. Everyone but Mercedes is feeling optimistic about Japan. (laughs) They think the car is better suited to this track than Singapore. Um, And this is also Latifi Suzuka debut. So let's hope he can finish the race. (laughs) (laughs) For Aston Martin... This is Vettel's favorite race, like we said at the beginning, and maybe he'll even be coming back next year. He calls the atmosphere, quote, magical, and Aston Martin is, in fact, off of a great weekend in Singapore. So it'll be fun to see if they can retain their seventh place in constructors. The battle is definitely heating up at the bottom of the table, and let's see if they can keep it. Hot takes and predictions. I am going to predict that we see a McLaren in the top five. I do think Max is going to win the title here, which I literally can't believe I just said. And yeah, those are my hot takes. I will happily say I think Max wins the title. (laughs) And this is more just wishful thinking than anything, but I would love to see Danny Rick high up in the points. And also I'm going to throw Botas in the points. I really want some good results for him here as the season winds down. That's yeah, great, praying for Botas. Um, I'm going to say Max does not win the title here. I think nice. even if he wins the race, I'm going to say he does not get fastest lap. I think someone will go out there with like a final Hail Mary on fresh tires and sacrifice their race to, <laughs> to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I think the title fight's going to continue in Austin. And then I'm going to manifest Yuki in the points. I want to see him do really well for his home race. So I would love that. Love that. Piggy, that is so interesting because I wonder what people will think, say Max is going to win and take fastest lap and then say a Ferrari is in P7 or a Mercedes or whoever and tanks their race, pits to get soft tires, gets fastest lap. Will people think it's not petty, but if it's kind of like he's going to win the championship the following week anyway, why do it in a sense? But Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would be Ferrari unless like Carlos, for example, is way down, uh, down the field. I I, like I don't think if Carl if if Charles is running in like second, he's going to throw his race just to do that. But I could see like Mercedes doing it like George did last week um, so that Checo would not get fastest lap. Yeah, I could see someone else doing it. But yeah, I don't think like Charles is going to throw his race if he's in second just to do that. 
but I could sure, see someone else point. doing it. We'll see. Lots of speculation. In terms of news, there is also a lot of speculation that Gasly is going to Alpine, and there's also a lot of speculation that it could potentially be announced this weekend. What do you guys think? I kind of think it's going to happen because there's just been so many rumors of it, but I don't know why it's taking so long, if so, and also really unclear if it's not Nick DeVries who would get the Alpha Tower seat. He's really kind of the only person I can think of that they'd be interested in. I don't know what to think anymore, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting fatigued by all of this news and all of these rumors, but I think where there is smoke, there is fire, like you've said before, and he will be going to Alpine. The fact that it took so long, I want to say, has to just come down to contracts and negotiations. Um, Like, I I don't see – like, I don't think he's talking with other teams. I just think it's about um, AlphaTauri doing contracts with Alpine. Yeah, I kind of trust the Canal news source about DeVries potentially signing with AlphaTauri, which would mean Gasly is probably going to Alpine. So I would say it's probably more likely than not, but I I don't know. It's I, I kind of agree with Chessa. I'm like over <laughs> predicting and I just like want to know. So I guess we'll see. In terms of the cost cap drama, so the FIA was supposed to issue certifications of compliance with the 2021 financial regulations this week, which would expose the supposed delinquent teams. That, however, has been pushed to next Monday, so we have no confirmation yet, but depending on the outcome of that, there will either be penalties or sanctions, or perhaps Toto will need to apologize (laughs) to, to Red Bull. According to Sky Sports, the article that we had posted on our Instagram, it sounds like some teams had, quote, minor breaches, which are defined as going over by less than 5% of budget, but nothing of the scale to warrant any major punishment like world title disqualification. The sort of minor punishments that we could see is losing constructors and drivers championship points, suspension from some part of the competition, limitations on aerodynamic or other testing, reduction in overall cost cap going forward. Not sure what we'll see, but those are some options. But it seems safe to say that no one is going to be out of world title contention based off I'll of- be so annoyed if Red Bull went over cost cap. I will just be so annoyed. And 5% also isn't that minor. That's still yeah. I'm horrible at math, but that's still millions of dollars. It yeah, is. No, it's like it's like $7 million or something. And I kind of agree with Toto and Lewis. Obviously, like they have everything to gain from teams being punished for this if they went over. But it sets a weird precedent to be like, this is there is a cost cap. If teams go over, like, oh, there's no real punishment. Maybe you'll just like have limits on your testing. You know, I just feel like it sets it sets a wrong precedent. Like the the point of having a cost cap in the first place is so that teams do not go over, you know. And if they know what it is ahead of time, like they should just budget for that. I mean, this is all easier said than done, but I'm very interested in the punishment. Some seem way worse than others. Um, like I would die if someone got suspended from competition. That would be crazy to just have to sit out a race. Some other headlines that are very fun. A lot of the drivers Definitely have been getting to Tokyo early to either go to the airport bathrooms, do karaoke. (laughs) Um, They're spending a lot of days just ahead of time having some fun, so we're very jealous. We highly suggest following the Lando JPEG. He created an account just to post photography from his own camera on race weekend since he is entering the era of DJing, photography, finding himself, et cetera, et cetera. And Danny has also had some epic content behind the scenes. It's great. 
And Lewis was quoted and featured in the 2022 Education Report of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. So while everyone else is taking pictures and doing karaoke, Lewis is saving the world. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we will wrap it up. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you back after the weekend with a recap.